0: Hey everyone, it's Matt, and this is Lucas,
1: and this is thanks for playing the podcast where we break down the most iconic video games the world has to offer. Ah! Finally, not sick. Matt is back.
0: Not sick, Matt. Yeah, I. Um, <clears throat> thanks. I, honestly, I had a pretty tame. Match with COVID, I think all things. Yeah, yeah yours was
1: yours. Just one of the more chill, uh, yeah, chill COVIDs that I've heard
0: of. My my cough never got too bad, and even when it was, it was it was it wasn't even like a dry cough. Like you know, stuff was like it was like congestion. Like stuff was coming up. Um, I had like muscle aches and body aches, you know, the first few days, but it wasn't too bad. I only, I really only had a fever for one day. The rest of the time, I was just in the 98s with like some body aches. And I was basically pretty good like five or six days after the fact, but of course still had to just sit at home and isolate because I was still testing positive. So Right. (laughs) A little bit of a bummer, but yeah. Um pretty (laughs) pretty chill all around. Feels weird to call COVID chill. Um grateful it wasn't too bad. Yeah. And um and boosted. Yeah, probably wasn't too bad because yeah, I'm fully vaxxed and boosted. So um get your get your arm stabbed, folks. So um, <laughs> I, I guess I recommend it. Yeah, it was great. All
1: things considered, not too bad at all. All right. Well, cool, man. Um, let's 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 get into the zeitgeist a little bit. You know, well, really, I feel like it's quickly, been a while since we've had one of these.
0: It has. It has. I want to touch base on a couple of things, a little release watch things. Not really release, uh, release watch, one. but because this has been out for a while. But the way we've just, been watching
1: watch. The one we've been
0: watching much. Watch. Uh, I finished Barry shortly before we left. I left for Europe. Um, Barry is great. Um, I've just started Secession, per year recommendation, and I am loving it. Um, on the plane, um, I watched a movie called Nightmare Alley, the plane back from Europe. Super, super good. Brad, not Brad Pitt, uh, Bradley Cooper. And I forget who else was in it, but super, super good. Um, like Follows like... Um, like a freak show, kind of, and a guy that joins a freak show in the 1930s um, and goes into the 40s, super good. And then I finally watched Goodfellas, which was a big one for me. Yeah, I mean,
1: I'm, I'm so glad you finally did end up watching Goodfellas, man. Yeah, Great, that one's Great movie, missing. so quotable.
0: Yeah, it really is. That one's been missing from my repertoire for a while now. And then what I'm most excited about, Lucas, I'm pretty sure I've made this known to you in the past. I unironically extremely like... And enjoy and love the 2000s Digimon the movie um, and you used to be able to watch it on YouTube they had the whole thing uploaded and it got taken down recently and so I've been having to watch like 13 year old videos of like Digimon the movie part 4 and then you know like part 6, 5 and 6 are
1: missing <laughs> In your, on your a weekly Digimon 2000, like on your weekly Digimon movie watch you gotta yeah. go there
0: well yeah. Because Digimon Survive just came out, which is like this visual novel slash tactics RPG. So it made me give me the Digimon itch again. Anyways, I finally decided, fuck it. I went on to Amazon and I could only find a copy of this book movie, um, a DVD copy for $45. I love this. (laughs) And I just thought, you know what? Fuck it. And I pulled the trigger. So I bought a movie from the year 2000 for $45 on Amazon.com. I love that movie. Fun fact about that movie. It's actually three separate movies that are not supposed to have any correlation to one another. But Fox, when they were, you know, had all this content, they're like, we're just going to make it all one movie, one big theatrical release. So they like chopped it up and then they just threw it all together and made it like one cohesive storyline. And it actually fucking works all I'm right movie night when it comes <laughs> so in movie night yeah i'm movie really really excited about it yeah
1: it's really, I'm really super i'm actually it's really excited. i've never seen the movie so it,
0: it has like all these jokes that shouldn't work and you can tell like if you go back and watch the japanese dub like none of the dialogues one-to-one it's just like i don't know it's great it's great all right hell yeah i'm excited
1: Man, forty five bucks. A, I guarantee you, it's going to be worth more than forty five bucks in a couple years. Oh, for
0: sure. And it has a banger soundtrack. Banger okay. soundtrack. One week by the All Bare right. Naked Ladies. Are you kidding me? Can <laughs> get better than that. <laughs> wow. Okay. All we'll star get, by uh, Smash Mouth
1: is in it. Okay. Wow. This you're 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 really talking the movie up. So I got high expectations. But I don't know. I have, I have a feeling it's like going to live up to it. I think it will. I think it will. Yeah. All right. Well, well. Me, you, producer Sam, the boys, Hot Mickey, get together and watch some some Digimon.
0: Hell yeah. Alrighty, <laughs> Zeitgeist. Um, there's, I, lot going actually, on. there's a lot going on. I'm not sure how recent this is, but we haven't really had the chance to talk about it. Um, well, it's kind of like ongoing and developing, so it is recent in that regard. But we're starting to see a lot of esports orgs lay off employees, which is fascinating to me and upsetting in a few regards. Um, it's, well, it's fascinating because. The, there's a lot of questions as to why, right? You know, is this just purely because the economy is slowing down? Are they really bringing in that much less revenue? I think a big reason to be because a lot of these companies, um, like say whether it's 100 Thieves or TSM, you know, their main thing, other than like their clothing launches that they have, that really won't drive that much revenue at the end of the day, their main thing is going to be content, right? And the, the money they bring in from that content, the ad money, right? And the sponsorship money. And when the economy is slowing down and, you know, it's actually kind of funny. I, I would say we're in a recession, but the white house is like trying to finagle the definition of the, the recession. Of recession, say we're not in a recession, Point of case when the economy slows down like it is right now, you know, a lot of these companies aren't willing to put as much money towards the, um, their payouts for advertisements. Right. Cause at the end of the day, like it's not YouTube deciding your payout really. It's the advertisers and how much money they're willing to put into that. Um, So I think a lot of things are going to be slowing down because of that. Because just by nature, where the economy is going right now, and as much money is going to be flooding into sponsorship deals and advertisements, and as well, I mean, there's been a, it's kind of been an ongoing talk topic on and off for the past few years. You know whether you know esports is a bubble or not. You know, and I think as we as these companies start to see less money coming in. Um, I think the the question is going to become: Can they actually, you know, maintain what they're doing and keep going with the trajectory that they've had? You know, I mean, Phase just went fucking Phase Clan went public recently through Spac, actually. Um, so it's oh, gonna yeah. be interesting. Yeah, so it's gonna be interesting as well to see you know are these other companies going to do something similar, try and raise money, or are they going to stay private? It's very interesting in that regard. How's
1: Phase um, uh, Price doing right now? Let me is it is it up higher right. or lower from their initial like initial public offering? I'd be I'd be pretty curious there. And you, you know, just while you're looking that up, I mean, like I just I guess you just got to think about like what is uh, you know one the long term scalable goal of a lot of these esports organizations for one, two like what's the product at the end of the day? Like, what is the product of, like, an esports team at the end of the day, you know? And, like, like you said, it really comes down to just, like, content, right? And when you have an oversaturation of content and, like, you know, a a wide variety of players and competition and, like, people vying for eyeballs, there's only so many eyeballs. I mean, it's not... the, The slice of the pie is not, like, big enough in, like, traditional sports, right? Where there's enough people that... There's enough Laker fans and enough Boston Celtics fans to, like, keep the whole like eco- ecosystem going, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, is there like an entire city devoted to 100 Thieves or TSM or like Dignitas or like all these other esports organizations that are coming around? It's like people want to root for their teams, but, you know, I I don't really, this is anecdotal. I don't hear like people go like, oh yeah, my shit. 100 Thieves is my shit. That's my team. I rep them. That's my city. That's my boys. Like mm-hmm. no one's like repping that and like dedicating and spending money on all that stuff because they're dedicated fans. It just feels like a really weird zone to live in as a, as a sport team, I suppose.
0: Well, yeah, it's interesting too, because for some of the, some of the like leagues that compete in, like the call of duty league, for example, it is a, um, it's franchised, right? So they have to franchise. And then when they do that with like Activision Blizzard, for call of duty league, it becomes a, um, if they like change the name, so like the L.A. team name, it's, so, like 100 Thieves, yeah, it's not a hundred. Right? Yeah. yeah, L.A. Gorillas, right? Yeah, Gorillas was another one, but yeah, the the sentiment stands in that regard. Um, and yeah, so phase, so it was a spec, so it's kind of harder to tell, but because that's like a. I'm not like super qualified to describe this, but a SPAC is basically a company that's designed to take another company public, but it's mm-hmm. already listed. So then they merge. So it went public, um, I believe. I don't know the exact day. I think it was around two weeks ago or like mid July. And it looks like when it went public, it shot up from about $9 or no, from about $8 to $13. And it's been rocky a bit back and forth since then. And then currently it's sitting at um, $14.21. And actually, just today alone, it's up um, 8%, um, 9% if you look at After Hours, too. And it has a market cap of 844 million. So it's kind of interesting, too, because you always see people say, like, oh, this company's valued at so and so million or so and so billion. But now we actually can see what an esport company is truly valued at because the market Mm -hmm. cap is there. But yeah, so going into the specifics of layoffs a little bit, most notably, Um, was 100 Thieves. And I actually first caught wind of this when I was just on Twitter one day. And I I follow a lot of creators in the space. Um, I like to keep up with it. And I noticed that all of a sudden all these retweets were going out. Like, so I just lost my job. Like, you know, please retweet signals out. Let me know if you're hiring. And the hired uh, or laid off, excuse me, like around, I think 10 10 or 12 members of their content team. Um, which is interesting to me because, you know, it's not like they're laying off an intern or like, like an operations position, right? Like this is right. their content and their marketing team. know, this included social media managers, video editors, producers. So, you know, if I'm 100 Thieves, I'm kind of sweating that I had to do that, right? And what does upset me as well is they didn't, there's no like public statement from 100 Thieves on these layoffs, which... I get like, you know, Sony lays off 30 employees. They're not going to say anything, right? But I mean, I don't know. 100 Thieves is such a public company with such a public facing CEO, right? Being Nadeshot, Matthew Haig. I would have appreciated like some sort of acknowledgement, I think, just like, hey, this is what happened. Here's why kind of thing. I have no stake in this. I just think it would have been a nice sentiment. Mm hmm. Um, so that that annoyed me a bit, and then we saw TSM as well had a lot of layoffs recently. Around I think it was twenty or so, notably people that was apparently in their crypto and investing division, which I'm not really <laughs> even sure the exact details of that. But I could, I mean, crypto's you know they, some of them are saying we're in a crypto winter, which is um, <laughs> I like that terminology a lot. Yeah, so not too surprising there that that's when they, if they did had to trim for cost savings, that's where they chose to trim. And I just saw today that Dignitas is, um, nothing confirmed from what I can tell, but supposedly Dignitas um, is facing multiple layoffs across the company. Yeah, I saw that too. So, you, you know, it's it's interesting because layoffs during times of economic recession is nothing new. It's interesting to see that it, it is affecting, you know, these esport companies. Um, it's not just like tech companies that are facing it. So, it's interesting to see how it's affecting these e-sport companies. And I'm very interested to see um, where things go in the future. Like, maybe how do they change their business operations? You know, I mean, I know a big thing 100 Thieves is doing right now is they're trying to make their own video game.
1: Yeah, um, I saw that.
0: So, you know, like, does the video game get cut? Does the timeline get delayed indefinitely? Shout out Star Wars Kodar Remake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> very bummed about that, by the way. Uh, I haven't really had a chance to talk about that yet. But. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting to see how things play out. Uh, I hope most of these people do keep their jobs. I think it's a shame when anyone loses their job unjustly, you know, due to economic reasons, um, that really isn't, you know, kind of out of their control. So rooting for everyone that did get laid off in these rounds of layoffs, um, and rooting for anyone that does have to face that in the future. And Hopefully no one
1: does. Hopefully everyone keeps their job and we all live happily, but I don't think yeah. going to be the case. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. You know, I, I just, I wanted your thoughts on this, Matt, because I'm, I'm pretty confused on like, I guess where, where the dollars really gets made. Right. Cause we talk about content. Um, we talk about how like these esports organizations, like they're really just a, a building a brand you know, sponsoring players, um, you know, d- like competing in tournaments, like getting their names out there and you know, all that helps them to develop a brand, obviously with a hundred thieves specifically, there's like a big, um, apparel edge to what a hundred thieves does. I've literally never seen anybody on the street wearing a hundred thieves clothing. I just want to anecdotally mention that, um, they are, they, I think they, have seen one, off- <laughs> you've seen one, we might be, ha- we might oh. be hanging out in the wrong part of LA. I don't think.
0: Like I see too many I mean, thieves
1: fans in Highland Park. Or I curious, see so. I see a lot of like other like quote streetwear or like you know fashion fashionable things. Like I see people walking around with like Supreme or like Off White, you know, Brain Dead and things like that. It's like I don't see a, like who's wearing hundred thieves. So. Could be wrong there. Listeners, let me know. Um, but, you know, they did acquire a boutique keyboard brand uh, in 2021 and obviously launched an NFT, like, collectible, or, you know, plans to develop their own video game and launch an NFT collectible. Um, and they even partnered with JBL on a custom gaming headset, right? So it seems like it's, like, a really wide net of, like, you know, what what is the company doing? Like, is it just a brand that collaborates to, like, you know potentially develop a video game and also an nft collectible and also a headset and also apparel and also keyboards it's like how how is this like really panning out like how is it it seems like a weird business model to me where you're literally just like co-opting acquiring something putting your name on um a gaming headset putting your name yeah. on a keyboard um it just doesn't feel like a sound business model. And like, you know, if you're developing your own video game, maybe that's one thing, but like, you know, there's developers out there that develop video games all the time, every day. And uh, publishers that, you know, maybe have second or third party developers that they work with. So it's a it's just a weird zone. I'm just not quite sure where the buck is made with 100 Thieves. Um, well, they're not so-
0: profitable right now. They had an interview as recently as December 2021 where the CEO, or not CEO, excuse me, um, John Robinson, the president, Talked about how they're not profitable. That's not their main concern, and to an extent, that is understandable when you're an early. I mean, that's not. It's not uncommon to be. Let's let's be clear. Like, it's not uncommon for a company to not be profitable. You mm-hmm. know, um, when when you're an early stage. Tesla's startup... not profitable, which, right? Profitable. Uber. I don't believe so. When you're an early stage startup like this, and you know you're just like in growth mode and really getting your foundation. You're not going to really have a positive cash flow, but what is important is that you have cash coming in, so you can at least keep you know doing what you're doing, and that's where the seed money comes from, right? You know, um, I think that's how largely how companies like 100 Thieves are remaining in business is these large um, this large amount of money they get from all these um, you know seeding rounds and from investors like Drake or whoever it may be. So
1: it is just spec. I mean. It's so, so much of it is. Lucas. Yeah, yeah. No, I guess that's the part that like always really like frustrates me is like, you know, it's not just 100 Thieves that's doing it, but it's like a lot of these esports organizations that we're talking about are probably not profitable. Um, mm-hmm. And like the whole thing is based on like the fact that they'll be profitable perhaps in, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. And like, that's why we're getting in right now. That's why we're building the brand now. And it, I get it. It just annoys me. <laughs> it's yeah. like my main observation about the whole thing. Um, Hey, but this could be like in general, like we're, you know, we're not in a quote recession, but you know, layoffs happen. You know, I, I, I'm like hearing of layoffs happening in many industries, you know, across the economy. And this could just be, Like, hey, we're cutting back costs. Hey, we're trying to save money. And uh, this is just a result, like people losing their jobs is just what happens in a recession. Mm -hmm. So it could be just an indication of the overall issue right now we're having with the economy. So we'll see. Yeah.
0: I think the place where I have trouble with it is just like with like these e-sport companies. And I'm using 100 Thieves as an example because they're the most like maybe outlandish and vocal one that I follow. But just like, I don't know, when I see them throwing their content creators in these giant LA homes that surely cost. $40,000 40 to 50,000 a month in rent and those same creators could probably more than definitely comfortably afford their own lavish homes. Just uh, it feels a little shitty that, that they choose to cut their employees before they consider cutting other stuff.
1: <laughs> Downsizing one of their players houses in West yeah. LA. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it um all right speaking of uh esports i want to jump over to uh my topic with your permission or one of of the things i want to talk about here (laughs) uh permission denied (laughs) oh shit okay well we're gonna have to settle this in uh, multiverses then uh more on that later uh all right so i want to talk about uh evo the evo championship series is coming up matt did you know about this No, and it blew me away (laughs)
0: when you when you told me about this. Because I mean to be fair, if I was a fighting game fan, I would have been more in the loop on it, I'm sure. But ever since Smash, really just melee in general, got removed from Evo, I haven't really given it any, you know, any attention.
1: I feel I feel that. I mean, I'm not super into fighting games. I mean, the main one I play is Dragon Ball Fighters. I'll probably be getting into Street Fighter 6 when that comes out. Um And uh, I played some Mortal Kombat and Tekken here and there. But Evo is coming up August 5th and 6th in uh, Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. Uh, So by the time this episode comes out, the people are probably going to be traveling out to Vegas for Evo. And uh, pretty big. You know, there's a few things that I kind of just forgot about. Uh, PlayStation, Sony bought Evo in 2021, which like... I just completely forgot that that happened. And uh, the actual like official branding for Evo is Evo Championship Series slash PlayStation tournaments, right? Like Mm -hmm. the branding says PlayStation tournaments, which really informs us that, you know, PlayStation is going to be investing or Sony is going to be investing heavily into probably a very big hardware push. In fact, every game, the PS4 version of all the games I'm going to list here are what's being used for Evo. Um, I think Sony probably is making a, a bold macro move to really corner like the FGC right the fighting game community for those of you that don't know what that is and it's interesting because the FGC is around they've always been around it's a very passionate fan base and basically like if Sony owns Evo and just says hey you're only using PS4s at Evo and that that's it I mean now, all of a sudden, any fight sticks you use, any controllers that you use, any any like FGC loves controller mods and custom sticks and things like that, all of that has to be compatible with PlayStation. And usually the, the PlayStation ones are not compatible with like Xbox ones. Mm-hmm. So it's a big move, like from the secondary market for like in the FGC community or the fighting game community and things like that. So I find it to be like a really bold move. It's big. I think it does impact like a lot of players in general. Um, Notably, Smash is not going to be at Evo this year uh, at the request of Nintendo. Uh, the games are going to be Street Fighter V, Guilty Gear Strive, uh, Mortal Kombat 11, Tekken 7, King of Fighters, uh, Melty Blood, <laughs> Type Lumina, which I, I had never heard of before, I had to look that up. Uh, <laughs> Dragon Ball Fighters, a Garn Blue Fantasy, which a Blue Fantasy, which also I'd never heard of, and Skullgirls, which has been a mainstay for a while. Uh, Melty What Blood, is Skullgirls? Skullgirls is an anime fighter, like another 2D. There's actually a lot of 2D anime fighters at, at Evo now. Um, is it like based uh,
0: off of any particular IP or is it just...
1: Melty Blood is based off of a visual novel, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Uh, Guilty Gear, I don't... I think it's its own IP. Uh, Skullgirls, I think, might be based off of some sort of uh, pre-existing IP as well. Um Now, what's interesting, too, is uh, there will be a non-official, like, not on the main card, there will be a multiverses tournament. Uh, Multiverses is, like we just mentioned, you know, new fighting game, platform fighter that has been released by Warner Brothers Games as the publisher, uh, and the developer is really slipping my mind right now. Uh, Multiverses is currently in open beta, so anybody right now listening to this episode, you can go on basically any device and download it. Switch, PlayStation, uh, Xbox, PC, uh, basically anywhere. And it's the Warner Brothers fighting game. And Player First
0: Games is the
1: dev. Player first. Okay, awesome. Uh first impressions, me and Matt, not not super into it. It's a little silly. Um, kind of spammy. But uh, I don't know if you want to save your thoughts till the end, Matt? Or you want to show going now?
0: Well, I <laughs> mean, I don't know. I only really even played. I I cumulatively played less than an hour of it, but (laughs) I feel I've I've played enough fighting games at this point in my life, whether that was Smash or another fighting game, to intuitively I think have a good understanding of you know is this game good or not. And to be fair, it's in the eyes of the beholder, and people seem to be liking it, so good for them. But it, does not, it is not my cup of tea by any means. Um, yeah. It doesn't feel good. I don't think the, the combos don't feel good. Um, maybe it's just a learning curve. And then, you know, I mean, when I first played Smash, it probably didn't feel that great either. And it's just hard to remember because that was so long ago. But I'm just not super optimistic. Um, I have no doubt that it can succeed as like a party game. Will it be an eSport, like a good eSport? Who knows? You know, uh, I could be proven wrong. I don't think anyone ever thought Smash would be what it would be. But <laughs> yeah, see, true. the, the problem—the problem for me—is whenever I play these kind of. Platformy, if what would you, what platform, kind of genre of fighting game Pla- is that? Fair? Platform fi- platform
1: fighter. That's like Rivals of Aether, Brawlout, you know, Smash. Yeah.
0: Uh, whenever yeah. I, whenever I played these platform fighters, they all just feel like shitty Smash knockoffs to me, honestly. <laughs> <And> <laughs> it sucks I to, to say. Getting that, past, right? that. I agree, and I think that's just a victim of Smash is the one I've played my whole life, but it just it seems that a lot of these are really trying to be like Smash, and it's just no one can reach. You know, it's like, why would I play Rivals of Aether when I could play Smash? Why would I play um, Brawl Hollow? Why would I play Multiverse when I could just go play Smash? And then that's why I think Multiverse does have a unique edge because it does have so many interesting characters in it. Like, it's it's pretty lit. You can play as Finn the dog, right? Um, LeBron. And LeBron <laughs> It's just silly. And Bugs fucking, <laughs> Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny, um, Taz. So I'm, I'm just hesitant, I would say, on the future of the game but yeah it could it could be sick i could be wrong
1: yeah well i think the interesting thing is like it's really developed a a small following uh hot mickey's been playing it we're talking about in the discord recently and he's he's really enjoying it he's maining aria um and, you know, he's put more hours in than we have. He's put more hours into multiverses and into Smash than we have. And he's actually digging multiverses. So, you know, I think there probably is like a lot of Smash players that are probably going to like it. First impressions for me, I've probably played two to three hours of the game so far. Um, I'm I, it's I'm coming around on it a little bit, but it is, it is very spammy feeling. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think the thing is, is whether you and me are super into it right now, WB and Sony are really, really behind it. Multiverses has a $100,000 prize pool at Evo this year. Mm -hmm. $100,000 prize pool, it's the biggest prize pool at Evo, and and Multiverses is not even a main game, technically. It's like a side event. So WB and Sony put money, probably just WB, honestly, put a lot of money into that prize pool, biggest prize pool ever, payouts for top 32. Yeah. Top 32 is getting paid out. It's crazy. And the, yeah, like literally 32nd place. So multiverses is kind of like 2v2 based. So it's all doubles. Um, just so those of you that, that that don't know. So, you know, if you're playing multiverses, like the whole unique thing about that is game. Is there no is, singles like, and
0: doubles for the comp circuit? Is it just. I,
1: th- I think it's just double like their their That's main focus is doubles. So a lot of the game design, what makes it pretty interesting is. And this is the point that me and Matt didn't really get to when we were playing it a little bit is really figuring out your doubles like synergy and combos. Um so I'm assuming it'll get pretty interesting by the time you know next week is around and, and Evo's happening.
0: Yeah. But I'm definitely gonna check the, it out I mean, I'd like to see some high level play
1: but I'm curious what high level
0: play of this game looks like.
1: Yeah, um, me too. Uh, and God, the, just the, just thir- the novelty. Sorry, go ahead. No, no. The team in thirty second place is getting, I think, seventeen hundred. That's like their payout. Uh, wow. Okay, so it's like not that it's all getting split a lot. It's getting split up a lot, but I mean, even if you play you're I mean, that's sixty four total players, right? Because it's teams Mm -hmm. of two. So the team that's thirty second is is basically getting their Evo trip paid for at a side event. So it's seventeen
0: hundred, is that what you said for thirty second? Yeah, yeah. I I thought you said sec thirty
1: I thought you said seventeen hundred for second. Oh no, second is getting thousands. Yeah. yeah I think yeah, first yeah. place gets 10K or something. Um yeah. if I if I saw correctly. But yeah, I mean, a lot of people are gonna be in the money on multiverses, which is pretty interesting for a payout. I mean, typically within the fighting game community, top eight gets, gets payouts and like the number one, two, and three like get a huge majority of that purse. And it's usually like if it, if you get eighth, it's like not really a lot of money. <laughs> so yeah. this is this is gonna be kind of a change of change of pace there. Uh, biggest prize pool in EVO history, going to a game where Bugs Bunny is fighting Superman, uh, who's and fighting Velma, who's fighting Shaggy. So probably going to be worth can watching. LeBron dunk on all of them. And uh, LeBron could dunk on them. <laughs> yeah. Man.
0: Evo, Another EVO note as well. I'm really interested once, I think it's Project L. That's Riot's Fighter that's in development. Yes. I'm really curious when that does come out, how they're going to play with Sony and EVO. Are they going to go or are they going to do their own thing? I'm really interested to see. I think, I think, I uh,
1: think Riot's gonna have to pay Sony a bunch of money for it to be there, and then it'll be there. Uh, that'll be that'll be cool. I, I you know what's what'll be interesting actually that I just realized is Project L will probably be on consoles. So it'll probably be Riot's first console game. There's no way it's oh. just gonna be on PC, right? Yeah,
0: that's yeah. I would think you're right on that actually.
1: Yeah, I have so much faith in Riot to develop a really competitive, very, very good fighting game. I think it's going <laughs> to be really good.
0: Yeah, you know, Riot seems to have the the touch of gold in a sense where they kind of do well at everything they do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it'd be good to see how that plays out. Um, speaking of more competitive games, I did want to touch on just a little bit. Um, so I, I brought it up earlier how Hundred Thieves is currently making their own game um another not even a not even a um gaming team but just like a a person (laughs) dr disrespect is making their own game right now the uh started a studio i think called midnight drive or something like that a midnight ride Mm -hmm. and they're making a first person shooter game called dead drop and just this past week the year was some footage excuse me uh, there was some footage of it that dropped and it does not look good at all <laughs> um, it looks like th- it to me it looked like at best ps3 level graphics um just mediocre at best um really really kind of just average looking not even like like call of duty mobile kind of stuff is what i felt like i was looking at um yeah
1: and I saw it on Reddit actually. Yeah. First. And I was really like, "Huh? Doesn't look that good."
0: And the the kind of game it's supposedly going to be is a kind of like a battle royale is how it got described, but instead of a enclosing um like, you know, arena where the arena gets smaller and smaller, you know whether that's the Storm in Fortnite or poison gas in I think it's that's what they use in Warzone, whatever it may be. There, instead, it's going to be a you're all like in a giant building fighting, and then the building is on fire and slowly catching fire more and more from from the bottom up, and then you're fighting to be the last team standing that can reach the like extraction point. Um, I actually I like that premise. I think that's a fun shake up at the very least if nothing else on the battle royale genre because it still has battle royale elements and then it also is becoming a kind of its own unique thing because who's to say that you even have to kill all the other teams right maybe you just have to set up base you know be the first to reach the top set up base and then fend off everyone else while you wait for extraction right so i'm curious to see how that's going to shape out exactly um and to be fair this is a game in very, very early development. Like I think this is at least a couple of years from being released fully. So it's actually kind of odd to me that they showed, you know, um, gameplay this early. But I think the reason they did is because they've also been selling NFTs to players. I saw um, that jeez. And these players that buy these NFTs get access to play this game early, essentially. Um, so I think that's kind of why they're forcing their hand maybe a little earlier than they should, because they need to show these early access payers, these NFT buyers, essentially, um, really what they're getting. Though they have assured that once the game does come out properly, you won't need to have an NFT from the company to buy it. I'd imagine it's going to be free to play, I'm sure, with you know like a season pass, like how Fortnite has or whatever it may be. Um, but it's just interesting reactions, because the overall reaction was just, this looks like shit so far. And I'm kind of curious to see how it turns out. And I mean, I'm am just curious to see how many other you know creators or companies, creating companies like um, you know Hundred Thieves or whoever may be, starts coming out with their own games um, as their own way to enter the market. You know, um, like we were talking about Hundred Thieves starting that company with the person that was the last CEO of Telltale mm-hmm. Games. So maybe he's the one that laid them all off. He's like, I've done this before. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's rude um, so yeah curious to see where it goes I know another one making their own game so I've heard at least is OTK I think which is like another content creation YouTube channel so it'll be cool um, I mean I'm hoping I'm hopeful that this isn't just a cash grab from these companies um, that they're actually putting true effort into making a good product yeah what we've seen so far from Dr. Disrespect
1: is not very encouraging but you know, it's very early, so we'll see. Yeah, this is. You know what the uh, irony is? Is that this is based on spec as well, right? It's just like, hey, here's a very, very early showcase of non gameplay. They basically just shut off environments, right? There was it was like a environments and a shooting range, right? And like, like, hey, here's a very early draft of this game. Invest money into it in the form of NFTs. Right. And like just getting people to like want to want to get into it. I don't know. And you get early access to the game if you buy NFTs. It just seems like a I know it. it it's probably not as uh, predatory as I'm receiving it, but it, it is really like, you know, you are making people pay for something like not making people, but you're having people pay for something that they don't even know what it is. They don't even know if it's mm. good. They don't know the product yet. Um, it's just a weird business model that we're in. But I get it because he is very independent with the development of this game. and um, It's basically an indie development um, altogether. Just just uh, rubs me the wrong way a little bit. Yeah. I'm not optimistic about it in the long term.
0: I'm trying not to be pessimistic, but I'm not optimistic. But like I said, I hope
1: it's good. I do. Yeah. I really do. I mean, it's- do we, do I, I guess at the end of the day, do like, are people like super, super hungry for another like BR style game? I know they're like not calling it a BR. It's next. It's it's a uh, quote. Uh, let me, let me make sure I get this right. Vertical extraction shooter, <laughs> but it's a BR. It's a, it, it, they even said it's a mix between sort of escape from Tarkov, the cycle or Warzone, Right. Mm-hmm. So like, is amongst all these BRs are we clamoring for more right now like having people settled into their BRs with like Apex if you play Apex if you play Fortnite like you're not switching to this if you play Escape from Tarkov well, are switching I to don't this. know if that's true I mean a lot of the people that played Apex probably first played
0: Fortnite right you know a lot of yeah people that played Warzone probably played Apex first I think there's always we, r- we've room. settled in I don't, I don't know I don't know I, I will say I mean I think the general battle royale boom is slowing down but I'm not convinced that there can't be more room still. Yeah. But these games are also probably going to be not fully released for several years so Yeah. Who who knows you know, what it'll
1: look like at that point. You know who's not making a BR? Riot. Therefore, no, they're not. No, they're they're not. you got they're, they're and everything they do is right so they uh <laughs> <laughs> there's BRs are going to die pretty soon. They know no sins. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, yeah, interesting stuff there. We'll see how it shakes out. Um, as more footage comes out, you know, as early access happens with these, you know, people that buy these NFTs and the founder pass and things like that, we'll, we'll definitely see more of the game, hopefully more than just environment, hopefully like some real systems and gameplay um, as we move forward. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, I got some stuff from the rumor mill for you, Matt, uh, which I think is uh, pretty interesting here. Um, I found something. Uh, This was actually posted on r slash gaming news on Reddit. This is a, um, let me make sure I got the publisher. Uh, PCgamer.com kind of broke the story uh, a couple days ago. The creator of Disco Elysium is looking for artists right now. Uh, So Zom, or Z-A slash U-M, continues to expand and hire for new talent uh, following Disco Elysium. Potential expansion. Um, you know what they were actually looking for in the posting was specifically sci-fi. Um, uh, you know, ar- artists, artists like sci-fi and space and things like that. So possibly there was rumors that Zom was going to be expanding into potentially different worlds. Um, not necessarily. I'm forgetting the name of the world that um, Disco Elysium takes place in. I don't know if you remember, but another potentially is called Revishal. I don't know if there's like Revishal. Yeah, name isn't the, it on another? Yeah. Am I tripping that it's on another planet? Isn't it on another planet? Maybe, I'm not entirely sure. So, either either case, um, I think we're gonna be getting more content and more stories within that world. Um, And it's looking pretty promising. I mean, obviously, Disco Elysium has, over the years even, become a super, super beloved, just darling of a game. Um, We talk about it, we've loved it on this podcast before, and we did an episode on it. For those of you just listening, check out our Disco Elysium podcast. Uh, it's already been about a year since we did that episode, if you can believe yeah. it. Yeah, and um, hopefully we get get more content in that world. Uh, next rumor: Hogwarts Legacy could be getting a surprise early release, right? So Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, now this comes from a uh, another Reddit post. Someone have people that pre ordered the Hogwarts Legacy art book on Amazon UK. Uh, have actually had their release dates for their books moved up from December 31st to December 6th, right? So Ooh. December and December 6th is a Tuesday, which is typically the game, game release day, right? So they're thinking, oh, this game is dropping and the book is dropping on the same day, Tuesday, December 6th. I I fuck
0: with that game coming out around Christmas. Me too. I, I like <laughs> going through the halls around Christmas is gonna be kind of fun. And, you know, I might just override the voting system we have for the podcast, actually, and just say, I'm sorry, guys, we're playing Hogwarts. Um,
1: <laughs> I'm excited for that game. I really am. I if am it very comes out in December, it. if it comes out in December, that's probably going to be our December game. Like, yeah. for sure. I mean, so this would be huge because God of War 2 just got its release date not too long ago. Um we haven't actually formally talked about that in a podcast episode really, but God of War 2's release date is in November now and very exciting. You know, it kind of came quickly. People didn't know if it was coming out this year even because it wasn't shown like it, it really wasn't shown throughout the year and it wasn't shown at that Summer Games Fest. It was actually notably absent. So they dropped the trailer. It gets the release date of November, you know, and then if Hogwarts comes out in December, like a month later, we get a month with, you know, God of War two, and then we potentially get, you know, a AAA, you know, super highly anticipated Hogwarts game actually published by WB. So WB's a having a hell of a season. year, honestly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And going back uh, just a little bit to, I am actually very excited for any potential more Disco Elysium content. I don't yeah. know why. <laughs> I've been on a Disco Elysium kick recently, just kind of like listening to a bunch of the music, watching kind of like like video essays of it on YouTube. I had a lot of free time the past week and a half. I've, I've just been sitting yeah, of home. course, of course. Um, but yeah, I'm excited uh, for anything else to come out of for that game, whether it's a sequel
1: or just an expansion, because
0: I think totally. those devs are incredible.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, we got, well, so for Hogwarts Legacy, uh, just to wrap up on that one real quick, um, if it does come out December 6th, uh, there will be, uh, anybody who pre orders the game will have 72 hour early access for those. So for those of you that are getting that early access for all you Potter heads out there, um, it'll be a pretty fun dis- early December for you. Uh, I think this, honestly, if they really can have it get released in early December, it would probably be one of the best moves that they could make. You know, it would really keep it in the game of the year conversation for yeah. 2022, um, competing with God of War, Elden Ring, uh, which would be, you know if it's that good, would be really, really cool. Uh, and like you said, Christmas, right? Like I think uh, informally, like the Harry Potter movies have sort of become Christmas movie traditions. I don't know if it's for like real. that for you and your yeah. household, Matt, but they are kind of all Christmas movies because each one of them has Christmas in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. and there's the famous, you know, happy Christmas, Harry, <laughs> happy Christmas, Ron, <laughs> in, the very, in the very first movie. Uh, Oh, but yeah, I, I think that would be really awesome if it, if it did come out around that time. We'll definitely be playing it. Uh, all right. And Oh, did you have uh, your, your third one, or could we dive into the uh, the Annapurna stuff? No, that's, I just had the two. Go for it. All right. Uh, so uh, about a week ago, Annapurna Interactive had put on a really cool showcase to show off a lot of the things that they're going to be releasing. Uh, you know, in the next... Not quite sure, like, the windows that a lot of these are going to be coming out in, but Annapurna is a developer that we really love. Uh, they've done games like Outer Wilds. They just released Stray, uh, Journey, and... Perna released Stray. Annapurna uh, published Stray.
0: Call that Anna Purr. Perna. <laughs> Got him, dude. That was great. Uh, I, feel I, I was thinking
1: yeah. about that from when I saw you put it on the notes. I'm like, oh, I'm okay, okay. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Uh, Stray journey, solar ash, uh, a new game that just came out called neon white that everyone is really into. In fact, Dunky actually just did a review on neon white and, and seemed to really enjoy the game. So uh, Annapurna as always has, has done good. Their only sin is really 12 minutes. So it oh, is what it is.
0: I forgot they did that. Yeah, they did, was, Yeah,
1: they did that, unfortunately. That game um,
0: was ass. I have no problem <laughs> in public about that game. Normally pure I feel, ass. Like you and I, I feel like normally you and I are kind of polite. We kind of dance around it a little bit. Maybe we're not as hot as we should be sometimes with our takes. But no, that game was nope. ass.
1: Pure ass, yeah. Fucking every uh, part of that game was bad. No, no good yeah. parts. Yep. And so Annapurna is uh, a really cool publisher because I think they tend to... they One, they, they work very, very closely with developers and are very big with like... You know, showcasing their games, promoting their games very well, uh, doing a good job to be like good publishing partners, and um, you know they tend to have a focus on like. Really unique single player experiences, which is one reason why we we really like them, right? So they got a they got a couple cool ones coming out. One of them is this really interesting game I saw called Forever Ago. It's actually a German studio that's developing it called Third Shift. It's a road trip adventure game starring an elderly man, and uh, it's a two man kind of lead team over there at Third Shift. And uh, the in, the cool thing was when Annapurna did this whole showcase, they actually did like it wasn't just here's a gameplay trailer. They like did a full interview with these studios. They showed them working on animations. They showed them working behind the scenes. It was like a true showcase of the developer, which I really, really appreciate. And Third Shift is basing a lot of this off of you know really beautiful like landscape Pacific Coast um, of an old man sort of in his van just journe- journeying up the Pacific Coast, which um, I did last last year. So I'm very excited for this one. Uh, they're doing some more. Uh, they're doing another Outer Wilds update, and it is coming to Nintendo Switch, although it's taking Ooh. longer than expected. So that was some that was some news there. So those of you with switches, definitely get Outer Wilds when it is coming out. Uh, they uh, re-released a 60 FPS 4K version of What Remains of Edith Finch on a next-gen console. so That's you can a, get that on. It's
0: a walking sim, right?
1: Yeah, I've always been interested in this game. So I actually might have to give this one a go. It's on PS5 and and Series X now in 4K 60 FPS. So really cool. And it's free if you own the PS4 and Xbox One versions.
0: Yeah, I know it's a a very well-received game overall. It's probably a Matthew game.
1: I mean, it seems like a Matthew game.
0: It might be. And I do know I was listening to uh, Game Scoop this last Friday uh, last Friday's episode. And I think it was Mark and Medina compared stray to what remains of Oh, which is some pretty high praise. So, I mean, honestly, stray is getting a lot of good, um, feedback from what I can tell. And it's being received very well, a lot of high scores. So I'm really interested to check it out. Um, and one of the reasons'll we'll, ta- we'll be are, the judge of that we'll be the judge yeah I was gonna say one of the reasons we are talking about stray a bit more here is we are gonna be doing a podcast uh, episode that is our August game so be on the lookout for that everyone um excited to dig into that one and see what's uh see what's cracking
1: That's right that's right uh yeah I mean there's just a lot of really cool stuff coming out um the developer that made Kentucky Route zero which I've never played but I've always heard like a lot of really high praise for that one. Uh, point and click kind of realist adventure game, uh, also uh, published by Annapurna, uh, and one actually a nominee was nominated for numerous things at BAFTA. Uh, that developer is also making a brand new game. Uh, no major details yet, but um, I will say I really love the presentation of this showcase. Like they are talking with the developers of this game. They're a small team, cardboard game, cardboard computer. And they actually showed like this really interesting thing that they were doing where uh, because they're a small man, like a small shop and don't have a ton of staff, the way they were animating, like they had a cat character and they literally were doing like face ID style, like animoji on their iPhone to lock in the facial animations for a cat, right? Like within <laughs> their game, it didn't look like an animoji cat. It looked like a really cool stylized like version that their art team did or they did. And they were like, oh yeah. With this workflow, we're able to basically animate a whole character's face with our iPhone, like with our literal face, like reading technology. <laughs> That's pretty on the phone. wild. And I was like, man, this is cool. Like, you know, it's one, it's one, like for one, it's interesting to even come up with an idea like that and start developing something in that way. But two, for Annapurna Interactive to really like see what they're doing and invest the time to like develop a really cool like sort of piece on it, a three-minute yeah. video, put it in a showcase is, is a, just nothing but good signs coming out of these guys.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think Annapurna, despite the shit talking we just did on 12 Minutes, one thing they always do consistently, which I know you and I both really appreciate, is they do always are willing to invest and help push out these really creative games that do push the boundaries, you know, because... yeah games games like 12 minutes are important because without people pushing the boundaries like they do there we wouldn't get games like outer wilds or excuse me yeah that's right the outer outer wilds
1: and and (laughs) even other ones yeah totally and even though like you know some of these games not every game is going to be a huge hit right but it could inspire somebody you know to make a big hit it could like Mm -hmm. lead to you know really quality like Incredible, influential games down the line, right? So, you know, if you're if you're going to innovate, if you're going to try something new, it's always worth doing in that regard. And for sure, Annapurna is probably the number one publisher for that sort of thing. So, uh, if you guys didn't know or didn't realize, Matt and I are on the Annapurna side of history for sure. Yes, yes, we are. All right, that <laughs> all was all I right. had. That's all we got. All right, everyone.
0: Um, well, I think that's all we got for you today. Thanks for tuning in. Um, as always, everyone, you can uh, find the podcast online on Twitter. Twi- I like combined two words there. I'm tired. On Twitter, twi- twitch that. I was going to say. <laughs> on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram, at TFP Podcasts. That's at TFP Podcasts with an S at the end. You can choose email as well at gmail at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Am I being way too hard on 100 Thieves or, or the... Doing well? he's doing bad? Let us know. Um, where else can they find us? Thanks for playing live. We have a website called Thanks for Playing Live, and um, I should mention all Thanks for Playing Live as well as in the link tree of all our social media handles. You can find our Discord. Um, come hang out with us; it's a good time. Um, the Discord is kind of the best place to reach either myself or Lucas and to really just engage with the awesome community that we have. So come hang out there; it's a good time. And if you want to find your good buddy Matt, you can find us uh, find me on Twitter. At Good Idea Matthew, I've also made my own TikTok now. I'm on TikTok yes. at Good Idea Matt, um, posting uh, climbing content and really whatever else suits my fancy there. I'm just gonna hang out there; it'll be a good time. And if you haven't already, everyone, tell a friend about the podcast. Let them know it's cracking.
1: That's right. Uh, if you want to find me on Instagram, Good Idea Lucas, you know, hit me up, follow me, shoot me a DM. And of course, you could always hit me up on the Discord. Uh, you know, really just been playing League, trying to get into Destiny 2 a little bit. So if you want to talk that a little bit, we can. Uh, meanwhile, I will be playing a little bit of Stray for our August game. Yes. All right, everyone. This has been...
0: Thanks for playing. Catch you next time. scooby Thanks for playing as a production of Good Ideas Only. Your hosts are Lucas Luna and Matt Rockaby. Our music was done by the impeccable Samuel Luna. And our logo design was done by the talented Isaac Palestino. Special thanks to the Real Call Bunch and Red
1: Circle.